Welcome to the Raptor Culture Map, a sonic catalog of Montgomery College's story. Throughout this series, we will be exploring the core elements of what makes our college what it is today. Our journey will weave through Montgomery College's genesis, from when it was still a night school at Bethesda Chevy Chase, to quirks on campus like our planetarium, and most importantly, we will be speaking with members of the MC community, giving space to the stories that are unique to them. On this installation of the culture map, you and I are in for a special treat, which is we're going to be looking at the past and how we've changed and how we've stayed the same. And so, if you're interested, stay tuned. Picture it. Rockville, 1992. George W. Bush is president. Boys to Men had Billboard's Song of the Year with End of the Road, and Silence of the Lambs was Best Picture. The EU was formed with the Maastricht, I didn't say that right, treaty, and white South Africans voted in a referendum favoring the end of apartheid. The world was shifting and changing, and we now, in 2021, kind of sort of know the ending. But what about back then? What were MC Rockville students thinking, feeling, saying, and experiencing in that time? Well, lucky for us, we have the Rockville Spurn, and it is a newspaper that I believe uh, the advocate was born out of on the Rockville campus, and they have their collections from this time period saved on uh, Digital Maryland. So if you want, you can look at past newspaper copies of what was going on at Rockville and what students wanted to be said about their time in that space. Um, and we were lucky enough to be able to access the May 5th, 1992 version. And so we're going to go ahead and answer our question about what Rockville students were thinking, saying, feeling, and experiencing back then. Okay, so let's start at the beginning, you and I. Um, the very first page, like the front page, uh, the first headline is talking about this really big problem on the campus that had happened three times. So attacker, and this is the headline, attackers pose as student senators, assault students. Yeah, assault students. And this story is crazy because... I was reading through it, and basically what would happen was that people would come onto the Rockville campus, approach a student, often a female student, and tell them that they were running for student senate. On occasion, if asked, they would like show ID. I think it was state ID, not like an MC student ID. And they would try and sell them magazines or periodicals. And if the person wouldn't buy something from them they would put their hands on people and that's the exact phrasing used by the safety and security supervisor at the time and it is so dramatic um so basically these people were apprehended two or three were arrested and they were you know um sent to 
jail and they spent about 15 days there waiting for a court appearance and the judge gave them a suspended sentence but and this is so wild west basically told them to be out of maryland state by sundown um so yeah very 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 dramatic i can't imagine anything like that happening on the rockfield campus nowadays i mean it is so permeable you know i think it's easily accessible, but you just don't imagine something like that happening. It's so absurd, too. I mean, imagine that being your day. You come out of Psych 102 and somebody tries to sell you a magazine. You say no, they fight you. But then it's also very much a issue of its time because I don't think anybody is selling physical copies of magazines in 2021, unlike 1992. And another thing that feels very much like a product of its time was this poll that was displayed in this edition. And basically they had surveyed a hundred uh, female students on the Rockville campus and they asked them to fill out these questions and about feminism and their responses are really interesting um, because I wasn't expecting anything dismal, but it's still interesting to see how feminism wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Um, it was still kind of fringe, I guess, in a way, according to these results. Because even though 44% of those surveyed believed that feminism would have a positive effect on their standard of living, only 32% considered themselves a feminist. And, you know, when asked whether they thought feminism was a radical movement, 25% said yes, and 37% said they didn't know. Um, and then when you compare that with the number of 67 of the poll respondees saying that they didn't consider themselves a feminist, comparing that to what I assume the numbers would be now is interesting to see. But also, at a place like MC, there is a wealth of ideological opinion because we are so accepting of basically everybody. And so you'll find a person with at least, you'll find at least one person who has a different opinion on every issue. Um, I think it's very hard to have like a ideological center at MC. Um, and that has to do with our international students, the difference in our age groups, just the fact that we accept people from all walks of life. And also, I think that's one of the cool things about MC is that you really don't know what other people are going to be thinking and saying. So, and this poll reflects that, but it also reflects the time that it was in where feminism was still kind of a dirty word that good girls didn't use. And maybe I'm being unfair, but very, very much my um, impression. But also, uh, I wanted to include this really rather hilarious anecdote from <laughs> uh, the person who ran the poll, the staff member, who said that they found people in the library to be the most receptive, um, while not one person in the cafeteria would fill it out, and that they spend 20 minutes begging, pleading, reasoning, and being entirely too pleasant to people um, who would not fill it out in the cafeteria and they asked um maybe 
does like the food in the cafeteria just make people nasty? I think the alternate explanation is that nobody wants to fill something out when they're eating, but touche. Um, that's just so, you know, that shows the drive that this person had, and so I respect them for that. But yeah, really, really interesting seeing these results now. And you know, like just like feminism is a continuing issue that we experience today, it was really interesting seeing all the same issues that are dominating our present discourse in this newspaper that's from almost 30 years ago. And, you know, the Rodney King riots were being covered because that was obviously like a huge deal back then, rightfully so. And with the Black Lives Movement now and George Floyd and all that happened, it's so disappointing seeing that there's this continuation of a lack of racial equity um and it's heartbreaking to see that that continues and is still something that we have to keep talking about and the other thing about environmentalism and climate change you know seeing the ad from the national wildlife federation that george bush has to go to the earth summit in brazil which was a very big deal then so interesting, especially because it's right next to an opinion article by one of the staff members, kind of discrediting environmentalism a little bit. And, you know, initially reading this and reading quotes like, quote unquote, unsubstantiated environmentalist dogma, unquote, becoming, um, you know, in quote, undebatable fact, unquote. I definitely had a this really opposed reaction to that um just because with climate deniers and everything that we see now even though we have such a wealth of information i definitely had my knee-jerk reaction but if you think back to the 1990s especially 92 i think that they might have been more justified in feeling that way because they didn't have that wealth of knowledge at least access to it that we do now and just like i said where further along in the story, we kind of know how it turns out a little bit. And so seeing that was fascinating. Um, and yeah, I honestly didn't know how to feel about it. On a much more lighthearted note, uh, one, of the <laughs> one of the articles in the paper that I really liked um, was this uh, top 10 albums if ever sentenced to prison. And very, very much a product of its time because music today hadn't been released yet so they couldn't have said anything from today but I just love seeing um these albums like Van Morrison, uh, Neil Diamond, Bob Dylan, you know Enya, Genesis, Elton John, Peter Gabriel, uh, Bruce Springsteen, U2. It's fascinating because I don't know what the present albums of all time would be because even though these were called from a variety of decades, they weren't from the 90s, all of them. Like Springsteen was from 75, um, Anya was from 88, um, you know, Dylan was 66. So it's not the same time period. It's not all the same genre, like the grunge rock that 90s was famous for. But nowadays, I think... I don't know what the definitive sound of the 2010s and 2020s, early 2020s would be. 
because we're so mired in nostalgia for the past. I know that a book I was reading was talking about how before the internet came along, having the newest record was the coolest thing because it was hard to buy records all the time, like the newest ones. And then the internet came along and suddenly everybody had the newest thing. What was interesting now about you was if you could find the oldest, most obscure thing ever and listen to that. And I think that's a little bit of what happened to us um, because we have so much now. We're looking at the past where things just felt more palatable. One thing I really loved seeing was the student works um, in the newspaper. You know, besides the articles, which are great, there were poems and cartoons. Like there's a part, <laughs> there's a cartoon about an Australian pickpocket that accidentally snatched a kangaroo cub, you know, because kangaroos have pockets and it's Australia, so. And I loved it because it was silly and lighthearted. And then there were also these lovely poems. So one of them was actually by the editor-in-chief of the newspaper, and it was called Overhead. Now hear my sight, consider in light of what prospect do you expect to come alive. Integrity, come sail with me. No better than, I think again, swell the sea. Night adores, pure light endures. Hold out on the eve of dawn, the sun will soar. Got wind ahead, I know what's said. Will not shatter, doesn't matter. It's all overhead. So our time together is coming to a close, but I just wanted to share a few other things I thought you'd be interested in. So... One is these headlines that really caught my eye. Um, Rockville student tries out for U.S. Olympic team. Faculty apathy for student activities. Who do men say that I am? A closer look at Jesus Christ. Gulf War survivor's story. Um, another really interesting thing in this edition is we have an ad by a student running for student senate. And one thing that they included in this ad was a few of their key issues that they would run for once they received this platform. And we're kind of seeing what students cared about at that time. So one was, and this very much dates the ad, is um, trying to reach a solution between smokers and non-smokers about the smoking ban. Um, another one was integrating night students with the rest of the student body. And finally, providing extra hours in the library during finals, which I think no matter what age you happen to be born in, you can relate to the last one. And so to tie us off, I'm gonna read a few things I saw on the last page. So the classified ads um, and the personals page, or as they like to call it, the personals page, which I love. And yeah, just a few things that caught my eye. So one is this ad for cars and they're FBI slash US seized, which I don't know what that means. And it's kind of shady, but basically a 86 Volkswagen and a 65 Mustang. We're both selling for, I'm just going to give you a second to guess. Okay, $50. A whole car for $50. And with inflation, even, it's not that drastic because that's what? Like $100? 
So a hundred dollars for a whole car. Yeah, okay, fine. They were older cars. Maybe they needed to be revamped, but that's still a car for fifty dollars. Um, yeah, I miss the nineties right now. And that was right below that is this other ad um, that really does have a story behind it. So engagement ring that I no longer need is up for grabs. Beautiful half carat diamond anniversary ring bought for 700 selling for 300 So, yeah. On a lighter note, on to this personals. So the very first one is lovely and it's after the sun came up, we docked and it quickly went away. That was the part I didn't tell you. Dan, you are a great friend. Love ya, Michelle. And then right below that, there's Dan, you are such a fraud. Do you really think that I'm going to let you get away with this? Think again, my visa. And so I don't know if they're the same, Daniel. Um, but yeah, if they are, duality of man. And then there are all these lovely ones where it's just someone mentioning a name. So like, Dora, so your name's in the paper. Did you see it? Uh, there's one that says, Jay, this is the best spur ever. No, really, that's from HQ. Um, this is a personal favorite. Uh, man-hating, yo-yo, redundant, negative, accusative. Is that a word? I don't know. Persons, persons is in all capitals, may wash my dishes anytime um no name credited to that fair enough <laughs> uh this other one oma grandma and grandpa uh greetings to you uh tr and then this is a really funny one in a sort of mirthful way um to all radical feminists learn to argue intelligently don't take everything so personally so yeah must be very fun at parties um and then this is my personal favorite the very last one um todd lane who are you why are you never in the spur the spur workers hilarious i loved looking through these pages of the spur and just seeing kind of the world through these students eyes and being transported to this other time and it made me think this is how we were then. How are we now? And when people in the future look back on us, what will we look like? Will there be things that they think are outdated? Will there be things they resonate with? Will, be, will there be things that they miss? I don't know, that's the question to ask. And so I just wanted to end this with a great big thank you to first of all, the staff of the Spur back then. So Jay Lichnauer, Dwayne Lackney, Mike, Matthew Cahill, Troy Roars, Hanalore Quigley, Chanda Kay, Leslie Munford, Joe Waldron, um, Daniel York, uh, Todd Lane, Derek Eggleston, and faculty advisor Monty Pittner, amazing name, um, for their invaluable effort in chronicling that time with care, creativity, and ambition so that future students like me could ride on their coattails. And also a big thank you to the folks over at the Digital Maryland Center who did the work and preserved these copies for us future interlopers. 
And then thank you to Red Moosk for Veins, which was that lovely grunge track that you hear in the beginning, and for waiving the copyright uh, for nonprofit use. So thank you very much. Make sure to visit their YouTube page. Um, and just thank you for listening, if you are listening. Hopefully, in the future, it won't just be my voice for 10 straight minutes, because that's hell when I'm editing. Um, but yeah. All sources and information can be found in the description below, described in the 90s. Thank you for your time, and I just want to leave you with this question. If you could look back on that time, what would you say? And if you want to share that, send it in. We might even include it. So thanks. <laughs>